Welcome to the Level Up Life Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Hobbs, and welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Nate Holloway, who played college and professional football. He shares what it takes to be successful, but more importantly, happy. He's faced difficult challenges in his life, but they have shaped him into the man that he is today. He took a leap of faith, leaving his job, making over $150,000 a year to start his business, EPT Training, help local kids grow into their potential and have a better opportunity to play sports at the next level. Nate, welcome to the show. I have Big Nate here. How's it going, man? Doing awesome. Good, so good. I've been looking forward to having you on here for a while now. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I love, love seeing you at the gym and yeah. seeing you training all the kids. And yeah. uh, I just kind of want to get started and like to let the people know like who, who is Nate? Like yeah. what do you do? Where did you get so, started? So I'm Nate Holloway. Um, Coach Nate. A lot of people call me Big Nate. Um, but I'm, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. Uh, actually, Tacoma, Washington. I say Seattle. A lot of people don't know where Tacoma is. Uh, but I'm from Tacoma, Washington. Born and raised. Um, went to high school there. Moved out of there my junior year of high school. Moved to Salt Lake City. I was getting into a little bit of trouble. So my parents shipped me off to live with my uncle in Salt Lake, <laughs> who's, a, who's a bishop or was a bishop at the time. And then... Uh, and then Finished up high school in Las Vegas, and uh, yeah, I have four sisters, mom and dad. Um, yeah, now on the other side, I have a family. I got a wife. We've been married eight years now. Four kids. Yeah. I got a six-year-old. She'll be seven soon. Um, my son just turned four, and then I have twins that are that are two and a half. That sounds busy. Like, yeah, that keeps you occupied. Yeah. yeah, it's really busy. So, so you got a wife and four kids, mm-hmm. and. Recently started a business yeah. of your own. I did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just started uh, Elite Prodigy Training, a.k.a. EPT. Um, yeah, so I, I focus on, on uh, developing young athletes in the, in the area, um, athletes who want to go to the next level, who want to play college or uh, possibly, you know, play at the pro level. That's, that's what I do. I, I train them speed, agility, explosiveness, strength training, uh, whatever it is that they need, that's it's what I what I do. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'd uh, I'd seen you with the high school team like yeah. out there. I'm like, who's this guy? He looks new because I have uh, Brett Taylor just lives down the street, so yeah. I know the Taylors yeah. real well. I went to school with them. Yeah. Uh, so that's been cool to see you out there doing that. And then all of a sudden on social media, I started seeing Elite Prodigy Training. Yeah. I'm like, what's this? And then I put the put the two together and then ran into you at the gym. I was like, that's that's yeah. the guy. Yeah. So I remember yeah. walking in and chatting with you. So, so where did you like let's talk about first your own experience with sports yeah. and, and what did that look like for you? so me growing up I've played sports my entire life uh, it's it's kind of what you know helped me develop discipline that's kind of what what's helped me develop I would say it's it was like a second set of parents for me um, I played football basketball baseball growing up did track when I got to high school um so yeah, I, I mean, a lot of my friends that I've played with uh, in that grew up in the Tacoma area um, are unfortunately, you know, either locked up or, or passed away. Um, I do have you know a few friends that are successful or coaching college and and doing what I'm doing training. Um, but yeah, sports really you know kind of helped helped me along life. Um, I learned a lot of lessons. 
Um, ended up getting ready, or ended up getting to play college football cool. um, on a four I scholarship. That was a true blessing. I don't know if I would have went to college if I didn't get a scholarship because I wasn't the best at school. Yeah. Um, so it, it really, you know, it really helped me down my my journey. I ended up losing my dad when I was a, a freshman in college, and uh, helped me through that. You know, I had. I had coaches that were right there by my side and all of my teammates that were right there. So again, you know, going through all of these, going through all of these life changing, you know, experiences, football or sports has been right there to help me. So um, I ended up playing college, um, ended up going to the league for a little bit, uh, signed free agent with Denver, uh, then then got released, um, went to Canada for a little bit. Played in the in, in arena ball, so I've kind of been all over the place. I've I've uh, I've uh, played a lot of years of football, yeah. And my body's finally starting to feel it, um, but no serious injuries or anything like that. I've been blessed to not have any serious injuries, so now I feel like it's my time to give back to the to the kids of the community and and uh, you know share my knowledge that I've learned in, in my pro career and my college career. I just feel like it's my duty to do that. So yeah, pay it forward to the kids. Oh yeah, and- oh yeah. So listen to that, it sounds like you had great coaches and great teammates that helped you through some really hard times. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's uh you know, my you know, after especially after losing my dad, um, who who was like my best friend, um, I my I remember my position coach was at my house. He was probably at my house more than he was at his own house for the first week that my dad was gone yeah. but uh just having you know having a male role model step in like that um and, and kind of take on that that uh, responsibility for for a 19 year old kid who you know i i was lost after that i didn't want to continue playing i didn't want to go to school um so to have that have that right there helping me through that it was awesome that's so, cool yeah. that's cool and now I, I know you have a business now your mm-hmm. EPT training yeah and I don't think a lot of people think about that. Sometimes you just look at a business owner and you're like, oh, they have a business. They yeah. want to make an income and provide for their family. Yeah. But it sounds like there's a deeper... There is, man. Um, you know, long story short, I was I was in a job, you know, in sales, uh, working for a company here local. And I was making, you know, $150,000, $160,000 a year. But I just wasn't happy. I just... Uh, and, and I actually, you know, in my exit interview, it's, it's what I said, I... I said, you know, I, I, the money's awesome, but I'm just not happy. I just, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so uh, I had been thinking about starting EPT for, you know, probably five or six years. And, uh, you know, the opportunity presented itself and I just had to take a leap of faith. The biggest thing for me, though, when me and my wife talked about it was making sure that we had the right intentions, right? So, yeah. you know, we're not we're not doing it for the money. Uh, we're doing it to help these kids develop and to help these kids get a free education. My parents never saw a, a tuition bill come through the mail, and, and that I feel like that was a true blessing, not only for me, but for them. Yeah. So uh, that that's what my that's what my goal is. You know, that's that's what my intentions are is to help these help these kids and help these parents and and uh, and yeah, and it's not for the money. You know, and I feel like if I do it for the right reasons, and uh, and continue to have the right intentions in mind. Then everything else will take care of itself. So. I believe that. I believe if you give without really expecting anything in return and serve, that you'll be taken care of. Absolutely. So 
I know what's going to happen yeah, for you. So I appreciate it. Man. It's fun seeing you at the beginning because we'll be like, EPT will be this big thing, I feel like. I'm hoping so, man. I just got to keep working, but I appreciate yeah. it. Seeing these uh, high school kids here in, in Idaho Falls, the Southeast Idaho area, oh, yeah. really grow into what they can be. Well, man, there's. it's funny you say that. There's so much, you know, I've been here eight years now. My wife's born and raised here, and there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent in this area, um, but I just feel like... There isn't really, or, or there, there, there was, there wasn't really anything or any trainer out there, or any program out there that could help develop them, right? Yeah. Like when you get to college, uh, everybody's bigger, faster, stronger, um, and and then you know everybody's IQ goes up, football IQ goes up. So, um, you know, I just want to help help kids develop. There's a lot of talent. And I feel like it's a lot of raw talent. And I think with the right critique and the right coaching, these kids can go. There, there could be 100, 200 Taysom Hills. So Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I love hearing that. And I can see that happening, um, like you helping develop these people. There's a, one of my really good friends is a pro BMX rider. Oh, wow. And his, uh, he's, my, he's our age. So he, his dad or his, his family built you know, ramps to do mm. these huge jumps in their backyard. Oh, wow. And he went on to become a pro and won the due tour and all these things right here from Idaho Falls. Wow. But then, you know, all the local kids that were his friends started riding with him. You know, he was a pro athlete. And so all these kids got to be surrounded by a pro. And there's like six or seven pro BMX riders right out of Idaho Falls. Wow. So that might be the tipping point yeah, of... That's, uh, all, that's all it takes is one. Putting that's Southeast it. Idaho on the map. That's all it takes. The EPT training. Thank you. Yeah. I, I see it happening. That's awesome. Um, I'm just really thinking about uh, these kids. Like, hearing you say that, I was like, man, I wish I had someone. Like, like I had coaches, yeah. but I just played regular, you know, see, like Little League yeah. baseball and, and going into Babe Ruth and all that stuff. But I wanted to be a pro athlete someday. Yeah. But I didn't really know the process. It's like, hopefully I keep working hard and yeah. I can go to a school, but nobody to guide me. So... Yeah, I think it's awesome that in the, in the process is. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot more in depth than that. You know, yeah. it's you know, recruiting is is different. It's it's you know, you have what's called the NCAA transfer portal now, and so that's going to make it ten times harder for these high school kids. And and so yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, I've heard that a lot. I've heard a lot of older athletes now that that I uh, mingle with, that I play basketball, you know, pick up basketball with, yeah. and. And uh, I, I hear a lot of that, you know, I wish I would have had somebody like you. And, and it makes me feel good because then I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm doing the right things. Right? Yeah. I, that's, I don't want the, re- you know, I don't want the younger kid, the younger generation to have that regret, you know, yeah. so. That's awesome. So your, when did you launch your EPT? I know you thought about it for six or seven years. You So I, <laughs> this is kind of, um, so the second launch was was uh, December 2nd of 2023. Okay. So actually, I, I tried to launch it last year, around the mm-hmm. same time, um, but I didn't have a facility. I'd reached out to a couple gyms, um, reached out to a couple of other trainers, and didn't really get any feedback or anything like that. Um, so I tried to launch it last year, um, and then, or sorry, 2022, and then... Uh, <coughs> funny story I, I I had already been thinking about doing it right uh, work had started to slow down at my job and talked to my wife a little bit about it and then I went and worked out at Botify I got a membership there yeah went and worked out at Botify and then and then uh, JB 
called me in his office. He said, hey, man, I've been thinking about what we talked about six months ago. Yeah. And uh, kind of presented this presented this business opportunity for me. And, um, you know, I just took it and ran with it. And, and Botify has been right there through it all, just helping helping out what I need, you know, asking me what I need for the kids, asking me, you know, uh, what I need for the community. And so it's it's really cool to have Botify um, I've had now. I've had a couple other gyms offer me, and, cool. and uh, you know, I'm I'm a loyal person. They gave me my first shot, and so I, I uh, you know, I'm I'm with Botify. Yeah, I love so, Botify. It's a great facility. It is. Yeah. Lots of equipment. I love the the area in the back where I see you training the kids. Yeah. That's where I hang out too. It's yeah. A spot. So it's a cool it's a cool area. That turf, man. That's that's uh, you know, now more more gyms are starting to add that turf, but uh, it was it was a unique thing to Botify at first. And, yeah. Um, I think it's because they understood the community needs that turf. You know, yeah. it snows a lot here, so <laughs> <laughs> we need some of that. Yeah. So how has it been? So you launched in December again. Yeah. Like, how does how's the first few months, couple yeah, of months? Man, now? it's been it's been uh, awesome. It's been really awesome. Uh, it got a little overwhelming at first, right towards the end of December, because I started having a lot of parents reach out. Uh-huh. Um, the schedule part, trying to find somewhere to fit everybody. Um, a lot of parents are, are uh, wanting one-on-ones, which is which is perfectly fine, but every kid gets out of school around the same time, so it's, True. you know, you, you only have a certain amount of hours after 3 o'clock, so, uh, you know, it, it got a little overwhelming, that's that's another reason why I, I uh, slowed down on posting on, on my social media for a couple weeks, because uh, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting over, getting in over my head. Yeah. And so I, uh, you know, slowed everything down and just focused on the training aspect, focused on, on the, on the work for the kids and, uh, so that I wasn't getting overwhelmed. And, and now it's, you know, I feel like everything's going, going with the flow. It's, it's awesome. So that's great. So I, I've seen you train in some, I've seen your, I haven't been there when you trained groups, but I've seen you train people one-on-one. So oh, what yeah. kind of services do you offer? I know you're the, the end goal is to help these athletes. Yeah. So, so mainly what I work on is speed, agility, explosiveness, and strength training. I think that's one of the things. That last one is one of the things that I'm that I'm unique to this area. Uh, I think it's important for these kids to learn how to lift weights properly. Because yeah. um, if you don't, that could lead to injury, and then now you're talking, you know, a lot of time missed on the field or time missed in, on the court. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me um, and what I offer is is the the strength training. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of parents bringing their kids saying, Hey, I need to put weight on my kid. And so I, I, uh, I give all of my athletes a meal plan, um, to follow. And then, and then we do, we do intense weight training and then speed afterwards. So it's one thing about building strength and size, but if you're not working speed, uh, alongside that, um, then, then you're not doing it the right way. Um, also putting on weight and being able to sustain that weight is, is also pretty important. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's awesome. That's what I work on, yeah. Build big, strong, fast athletes. That's it, yeah. I love that you're adding uh, the nutrition because I've done health and fitness coaching for 13 years, and I've had high school kids reach out to me, and they're like, I need to put on weight. Yeah. You know, because my, my girls go to school with some of them, and, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, what are you eating? Sometimes they're just like, I'm just eating Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I love that you're out there also teaching them nutrition and how to properly fuel their body. I got a, I got a funny story for you about the pop tarts. So, (laughs) (laughs) so my best friend growing up, his name was Bryce. Um, and he had an uncle that fought in the UFC and he fought in the, 
LFC or there's a couple different League. MMA yeah. MMA fighting leagues. His name is Brian Pardell. And Brian, I remember going to visit uh, with my best friend. He lived in Arizona. And he was probably one of the most ripped 50-year-olds I'd ever met. Yeah. I'm talking he had traps. He didn't have a neck. You know, biceps <laughs> were just massive. And his diet consisted of Diet Coke and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Oh man, that was that's what. Now I don't know how I don't know how that's panned out later on down the road, but uh, at that at that point he was one of the most ripped fifty year olds I've ever crazy. met. Crazy. So and it was diet coke and pop tarts. That's funny. That's wild. Yeah, I remember when I was in in college. I went to BYU Idaho. It was Rick's when I first went. Never been to a gym before, and I'm asking people how do I put on weight because I was like the hundred and thirty pounds yeah. when I was a freshman in college. Uh, but I was really fast. So I could hit a ball hard. Yeah. And they're just like, eat peanut butter sandwich. Like, just lots of peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> so, I love that you're teaching that nutrition. Yeah. And I'm going to have to check out that Pop-Tart and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Coke. That's awesome. Um, so, what's been, like, the biggest challenge you've faced in starting your business? I would have to say, you know, what I just talked about. Getting... Uh, the scheduling and getting overwhelmed with the scheduling, you know, um, as far as like the training part, like, you know, I can, I, I wake up every single morning and I write up, I write up workouts okay. specific to each group. Um, a lot of them are similar. So, so that part is, you know, I, I could do the training part in my sleep. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is, is definitely going to be the, the scheduling part. You know, I'm so used to, you know, you know, in sales, that was, it was me. That was it. Mm-hmm. I was my own business worrying about me. And so now, you know, having to schedule kids at different times and, and things like that has been the biggest struggle. Um, but I would say, you know, it's not something that I could, I couldn't overcome. It was just something that I had to get used to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with, uh, so you got your business scheduling with the kids, mm-hmm. how's the balance or how do you, how are you navigating Having a wife and four little kids. So I guess I guess that's what I was pointing to, like yeah. trying trying to have that that work life balance. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's definitely something that's very important. And it was one of the reasons why I left my last job. You know, I was so focused on sell, 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 and I was spending a lot less time. Now I do get to spend every morning with my kids and see my daughter off to school. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nights can get pretty long. Um, I, on Friday nights, my last training session starts at 9 Jeez. and it ends at 10, 15. Yeah. So, so, you know, Friday nights can get can get pretty long, um, you know, throughout the week. My wife will text me, you know, messages here and there, hey, I miss you. Um, but, you know what, we, we do our best to, to try to spend some one-on-one time. I know we have a date coming up tomorrow that, cool. that we're going to that we're gonna be excited for. We have a babysitter from... I think four to nine, and so nice. we're just gonna we're just gonna go and, and go eat and go bowl and just go hang out and have fun, you know. Yeah, so that's important. It is. It's very important, you know. So yeah, especially where she's the one that's supported me through all of it, and she, I mean, she was the one who really, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but for a wife to say, "Hey, I I think you should quit your job and focus on what you love to do." Um, that's you know that's important. So I, I just want to make sure that she's getting her time. And there you go. So, yeah, you have a good one, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I do, man. She's awesome. She's really awesome. That's so. cool that she's so supportive. I run into a lot of people 
that have supportive spouses like like you have. Mm-hmm. And and I have the same. I remember when I started my business, I was like, hey, I, I signed up to do this thing. And she's like, I don't know what that thing is, but I believe you can make it happen. Wow. So it was like, that's all I needed, just yeah, some support. That's, you know what? And that's, like you said, that's all I needed. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, I, I was back and forth, back and forth. And when she said that, it just clicked. Let's go. And I said, okay. And I put my head down. And Perfect. It's, it's, uh, it's a blessing for sure yeah. to have a wife like that. You know, I think it's important when you're building a business, like you could have all the success and, and success for everybody is different. Oh, yeah. Um, fulfillment is a huge part of it. Do you enjoy oh, yeah. what you do? Do you have, do you get to do things outside of work that you love and be present for your family? But I always say that if, uh, you know, you can build all the success in your business in the world, but if your family's not intact or not a deep connection there Absolutely. at the end, it's not successful. It's not important. That's not, yeah, yeah you're right. If your family is the most important thing, that's, that's what I do this for is my, for, for my family. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, um, I love that that you guys have that that communication. I love that she texts you and communicates like, yeah. "Hey, I miss you," because yeah. then it, it reminds you to be like, "Okay, I got this business to run, but I also, yep, I also need to make sure to make take sure. her on this date on yeah. Saturday." So I'll, we'll, I'll get home at nights and and we'll just sit there and cuddle and talk for you know an hour before we go to bed. It's yeah. you know it's some of the some of the moments that I cherish most. Yeah, so. that's awesome. It's I think it's important uh, not to just leave that to chance but make it part of your routine absolutely so one thing Gabby and I do we do uh, we call it our Thursday we go on a date every Thursday I did I saw you post about that That's about awesome. noon to 4 4.30 or so every, every single Thursday we didn't always do that we probably started that 7 or 8 years ago but that's been a huge thing wow and then at night just like you once the kids are in bed it's about an hour hour and a half yeah. of we read a book together and I massage the feet give her yeah. give her the, the love that she needs I probably so. should do that more Sorry, babe. I'll, I'll start with <laughs> putting you on the spot. Yeah. She's gonna listen back to this. Like, she hey, is. Wait a minute. She is. She loves foot massages. And <laughs> I just I need to do it more. I, I admit. I'll I'll get to it. There you go. That's awesome. So, um, what what would you? I mean, we've probably kind of talked about this, but what's your favorite part of what you get to do? What brings you the most joy about that? To be honest, and it just started happening because I started training almost two months ago, mm-hmm. is uh, when I have parents now reaching out and uh, kids reaching out about the results. Yeah. Um, I had a kid that started with me day one and uh, loved this kid to death. He wanted to put on weight. He started with me, I think he was 216 pounds. Uh-huh. Okay. He's, we weighed him a couple days ago. I think it was Monday we weighed him, 232 pounds. Wow. And he's and it's not. I mean, it's not fat. It's solid, and he's still fast, and he's still quick, and and so uh, he. I mean, he's ecstatic about it. He loves that. You know, he's yeah. two hundred and thirty-two pounds, and and you you know, head held high and chest out, and so when I see that kind of stuff, and I see kids with that confidence, and I see kids walk around with their chest out, that to me is awesome, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Building so, building that confidence, oh, and that'll yeah. take them. Obviously through sports, but through life. Through life, that's and you know what, like you know whether this kid goes and plays college ball or goes to the NFL or not, he knows how to work out properly now. Yeah, and he knows how to put on weight. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it's it's stuff that you can teach these kids <coughs> that they can take down the road with them. That's yeah. what's important. So that's awesome. So those are some of your favorite things, seeing those kids feel proud of and oh, what yeah. they're doing and their progress. What's what's something that's that you don't enjoy so much because. I think there's always things in work or in business that, you know, might be your least favorite or yeah. not as 
what would what do you think that would be for you? I would say, you know, um, probably the. And I know I talk about the schedule a lot. It's not the schedule, but like when when you have a business and it's your name on it, it's nonstop. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's Monday through Sunday, and so you know I'm ha- I'm making up workouts on Saturdays and. You know, I have kids who can only work out on Sundays, and I try not to work Sundays, but, uh, but you know, sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. It's, yeah. it's your business. It's your brand. And, you know, later on down the road, maybe maybe I can cut weekends fully out, but as of right now, where I'm still new and still fresh to the game, I'm going to sacrifice and do what I got to do. You yeah. Know? So I think that, that would probably be it, just working day in and day out on, on every single day. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that. They're, they see someone that's a business owner. And they're like, man, that's a looks like an incredible life. They like they yeah. got what they maybe they maybe it could be a financial thing. They yeah. see what they have financially, or you see the time freedom they might have, whatever that looks like for them. You're like I want that, but I think it's important that someone that might watch this is like, I want to be a business owner someday. Yeah. Know that uh, it's a lot of grinding in it the is. beginning. Like your phone is, you're always on call, and uh, and and you always got to do what's right for your for your clients, right? Yeah. So. If somebody wants to work out from nine to ten fifteen, that's what you, you know, that's what I got to do. I'm okay with that. You when know? you're gonna train that's, them, yeah. That's what I signed up for. So. Yeah. And I love that you said once you've built the the success and where you want to be in the business, then you can set yeah. different boundaries. Yeah. Or this is when I I'm available and yeah. and all that. Yeah. When I started my business, I worked twelve hours a day and every Saturday, and then wow. it was like every night from eight thirty. My wife worked at the Hilton Garden Inn too, so she was gone at nights. So I'd put the three little girls to bed after a 12-hour shift. I'd be with them for three hours, you know, five to eight, mm. put them to bed. And it was like eight to midnight and then back up at 4.30, oh. 4.15. So it's, wow. it's, it not a, it's not easy. It's it takes not. Sacri- a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work. And I think that's important for people to know. Yeah. But now they see my life now and they're like, I think he wakes up at like eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's those boundaries you set now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, get, you know, but that's. You know, 13 years consistent yeah. business. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i very much the same way. I, I talk with, when I'm talking with friends or even talking with Gabby, I'll be like, man, like I love the life we've been able to create, the freedom. Mm-hmm. I love what I get to, like, like it doesn't even feel like work yeah. doing what I get to do every day. Sometimes I get to Friday, I'm like, holy crap, it's Friday already. <laughs> Where most people are waiting to get to Friday. Yeah. But on the other end, it's like, uh, our businesses are, we have vacation rentals and then we have our, obviously we're running a podcast and then I have our health and fitness business, wow. but it's like 24 seven. So that's my biggest oh, challenge yeah. is like, I'm always thinking about this client or that prospect that's going to join my business or who's the next person on the podcast yeah. or the flood that happened in one of our rentals. It's like all the time. Oh wow! So it's, it's important to learn how to kind of compartmentalize mm-hmm. each thing and Completely shut things off. Well, I think one of my biggest challenges I remember in the beginning is I would set dates with Gabby, mm-hmm. and her love language is. Um, have you read the book Five Love Languages? I have. My not, wife, you got to get my that wife one. Has, probably okay. three times. So and she she always talks about it. With yeah, me. hers is uh, quality time, and so we work separate shifts. I'm running a business, working twelve hours a day, mm-hmm. and so we'd watch a movie like once a week. You know, on one night when she would be off. But man, I would she she was good for me because she'd be like, put that away. Because yeah. I'd be like holding their hand with one hand, and then I'd be like, oh, I got a pro- I got a customer, yeah. and so I had to learn to set those boundaries too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's probably my least favorite too is the fact that your brain's always, always trying to going. figure out the next how to help the next person or. Yeah. 
like just like your coach did back in the day. Uh, he had his own family. He probably had a job on top of being a coach, mm-hmm. but he was there for you when you needed it. Yeah. You know, when your dad passed away. So it, mm-hmm. it does, there's a lot yeah. that goes on with someone Absolutely. like that. Um, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to someone? I, I want to go both ways on this. That yeah. wants to start a business or that wants to play pro or go to a, a great college and play sports. Consistency. Yeah. Consistency and and uh, you know I had actually one of my one of my friends that I'm really good friends with we uh, worked at the last job together. Um, he talked about motivation and how it's one of the most misleading words. Motivation and because uh, you know some days you can be motivated, some days you might not be motivated. Yeah. And so he taught me. He said in this industry, well, and, and I kind of take it and apply it to everything. I play sports and things like that. But he said. If you want to be at the top, if you if you want to be the best that you can be in what you're doing, you got to be obsessed with it. Yeah. And so, uh, and that that goes far beyond motivation, right? Because motivation comes and goes. You know, yep. one week we could be motivated, one month, one year, we could be motivated, and then and then we can kind of get complacent. And so he said, you got to be obsessed. Yeah. You, you have to you have to always be thinking about how you can get better. You have to, and then and then not only just thinking about it, but taking action. Hey, I thought about how how can I better myself. Now let me go ahead and take action and, and move forward. I love that being consistent with it. So I love that word obsessed. Oh yeah. Some people don't like that word. Like yeah, you shouldn't be obsessed with anything. Yeah. But I think you have to be obsessed to yeah. be able to like wake up. It's all you think about. It's like how do I help that next kid or yeah. how do I help that next client? Yeah. Yes. Or if you want to go to the pro level, you have to be obsessed about how do I get stronger, faster? Yeah. Who do I need to connect with? You're you're obsessed with that. I can't remember, uh, you know, it was, I think it was a thousand shots after what, what Kobe did. Kobe yeah. would take a thousand shots after practice. Yep. That's Every a day. Lot, that's a lot of shots. Yeah. That's a lot of basketball shots. So it's like, uh, but he was obsessed with it. He was, yeah. he was, he was obsessed with perfecting his craft and, and, uh, he was obsessed with winning and, and I'm saying, I'm not saying you have to be obsessed with winning, but. If you really truly want to be the best at something, you just got to be obsessed with it. So. Yep, obsessed about it. I love that. One of the things I got obsessed about was uh, like growing myself in knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first started my business. This is going to sound probably kind of crazy to you, like someone that's obsessed. Yeah. But I heard about personal development books, like you can see back. Here. Yeah. I was just like saying, I was borrow a couple. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't. I never read one in my life. You know, and I was 29 really? years old when I started my business. And I heard about some books and, you know, some mentors of mine are like, this is a great book for you. I listened to Think and Grow Rich, Millionaire Next Door, and this book called The Compound Effect 60 times in my first year of business. Just had wow. it on audio. I, I didn't have a smartphone to be That's distracted definitely by. definitely obsessed. Yeah. I was a 12-hour shift, so I could put on Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was a 10-hour and 55-minute audio book. I could listen to it in one work day. So wow. I wasn't on Facebook. There was no Instagram. I just had a... A phone with no, no internet like that. Just an SD card with those books, and I just listened to them. I'm obsessed wow. about listening to it. And then I went on and was like, okay, I need to learn other things now. Yeah. And then I read. I set goal to read 52 books a year, which was one a week. Wow. And I did that year after year. Now I'm more diving into a certain topic for yeah. months at a time, but I was obsessed about growth. And all I did was take what I was learning and just teach it to people. Yeah. It applies to fitness or business or your life. So. I got obsessed wow. about that too. 
So I think it's good to be obsessed. Oh, 100%. Heck yeah. Um, What are you most passionate about in life? Like what what brings you the most passion? Um, Besides my family, I'm going to be honest, is is helping people. Yeah. Um, Now, helping all people, but but specifically helping kids. I, I, uh, you know, I was... um, I was a kid who loved kids. Anytime I was around my younger cousins or younger nieces and nephews, I always had to hold them. Yeah. And my dad would always yell at me and say, man, wait till you have your own kids. You know, he didn't want me to <laughs> drop them. He's like, no, I don't want you dropping those kids. Wait till you have your own kids so yeah. you can hold them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, but I think, I think just, and then, you know, when I first moved here, uh, I worked at Five County, which is a juvenile prison. Okay. I worked there for a year. Then I transferred over to uh, JCC, and I was there for four years. Okay. And uh, so I think I think you know my my real passion is is helping kids, whether that be with sports, whether that be with just life, um, just mentoring kids. It's it's one of my it's one of my favorite things to do. I missed that job um, at at JCC. It was it was actually one of my favorite jobs, but uh, the shift work just got kind of hard for my yeah. wife. We had just had a, a new baby. And so uh, it was just it was just tough on her, but um, yeah, I would say my my passion is definitely helping, helping kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and I know you've talked a lot about your passion for helping even these kids that you're working with with mm-hmm. EPT. Do you think just listening? Do you think that stems from you know even your relatives helping you when you moved to Salt Lake? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Your coach yeah, helping you as a kid. You know, and and. You know, I'm I'm half I'm half Samoan. My mom is Samoan, and so in the Samoan culture, uh, you'll hear you'll hear the term. It takes a village to raise a kid. Yeah. Um, I was at, you know, my parents both had full time jobs. My dad worked construction, and and my mom was a supervisor at the Salvation Army at the time. And so I was at my my aunt and uncle's house a lot, or at my older cousin's house a lot. My mom's one of thirteen kids. Oh wow! So I was I was I was I was with my family a lot, um, uh, as far as like cousins and things like that. And so uh, I have a lot of close cousins that I'm close with. But yeah, it was like it was like we raised each other. You know, it was it was like we uh, you know we all got the bumps and bruises and the cuts and and. And being out past curfew, and, and so we kind of raised each other, and so um, I I miss that for these kids in this generation, you yeah. know, being able to go go hang out under underneath the light post on the green box, it's like that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. But yeah, I would think it stemmed from my from my childhood upbringing, you know, yeah. just being around more so kids than we were around parents, you know, because the parents cool. had to work. Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to you when I saw you. It's like that's my thing too. Um, it's like. How do I how do I explain this? Like I always like when I'm speaking with someone, I'm like it's kind of weird, but like I I don't really like connect with other yeah. adults that much. <laughs> like we're at, Gabby's family's from Bolivia, yeah, and she has there's seven of them at the siblings, so lots of you know cousins and yeah. stuff. And we'll go to one of their houses, and there'll be lots of food, which is always involved oh, in, yeah. in that culture too. And all the adults will be sitting around the table talking, and they're all talking Spanish. I understand Spanish. I went on a mission, and I speak oh, cool. fluent Spanish. So I can I could sit there and be a part of the conversation or listen, but I'm always in the room next door, with all of the little kids like yeah. throwing little balls to them. You know the little girls and the little boy that are like yeah. two, three, five, six. Yeah. And exactly I'm like I'm like I'm, I don't know if I'm just introverted on that, but it's like I'm always been drawn to yeah. being with kids too like that. They call me Uncle Jungle Jim. Uncle Jim. 
all of my little nieces and nephews now. Hanging all over you. Yeah, I have videos of my niece doing backflips. She's in gymnastics. Oh, nice. She does backflips off my knees. Yeah. I'm sitting on the couch. And and uh, my daughter and, and my nephew that I train, both hanging on both arms. It's 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 a lot of fun. I'm, I'm the same way. That's cool. You'll find me on the ground rolling around with the kids or on the trampoline rolling around with the kids. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. And then it's good for them to have someone like you in their life. I appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I've heard about a few people in this chat that have made a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. I think the one that sticks out to me the most is your coach that was at your house for like yeah. a week after your dad passed away. But who who do you contribute the mo- your success to? Like what? Uh, like I would I would definitely have to say. You know, my mom and my wife, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a there was a point in my life where, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to just move on. I didn't, I didn't want to work. I didn't want to, you know, I just was like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, my wife came into my life right at that, right at that moment. Yeah. How and, old were you before? Uh, 20, Ish. we were probably 23, 22, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, you know, I had just I had just gotten released from playing ball, and uh, that's you know, growing up, that's all I knew. That's why I think it's another important thing that kids, you know, explore other options other than sports. It's yeah. it's important, you know, sports isn't going to be there forever. Um, but yeah, I just got released from playing ball, and I said, okay, now what? You know, it was just kind of like a I was in a wall moment in my life, and I was like, I don't I don't know what to do, and so that's when I met my wife, and uh, she. She saved my life, really. I, it was I was getting ready. I was actually getting ready to move back to Las Vegas with okay. my with my uh, with my mom and my sisters, and um, my wife came along. I lived in her parents' trailer outside of their house for like six months or nice. something like that. Uh, and then and then we ended up getting married, and and uh, you know she she saved my life for sure. And then my mom, you know, just seeing you know losing my dad that. That early, he was fifty-four. Wow! So losing him that early to a heart attack, um, and then seeing her, you know, kind of rally. She kind of grabbed, picked, you know, picked herself up by the strap. She's like, "I got four kids." Yeah. Or five kids. Sorry, there's four sisters and me. And she was like, "I have five kids. I got to take care of." And you know, yeah, my husband's gone, but life doesn't stop for these five yeah. kids. And so to kind of see, you know, her push herself through that, and now all of my sisters are doing well and have families, and you know, and, and then I'm I'm the only one who lives away from her. Yeah, she doesn't come visit during the winter. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can um, see why. You know, just just her, you know, teaching me how to be humble, but but to work hard, just keep your head down and go. Yeah. There's always going to be stuff that happens in life, and you just gotta you know let it roll off, figure out a way to. You know, optimistic is what my mom is. That's cool. You know, she's always a, a glass is half full rather than half empty. I love so, that. So um, she taught me that, and I, I, that's one of the biggest attributes I try to carry with me. I love that. So, the moms are powerful in our oh, lives, right? Teach us so many good lessons. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a great mom too. That's awesome. That's cool, man. And and um, she lives in Las Vegas. She does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in the hottest hottest part of the country. <laughs> There in Arizona, yeah, she loves she loves heat, man. Yeah, she loves heat. She's not she gonna be down here. In she wears a, oh, she wears a sweatshirt here in the summer when she oh. comes to visits. Yeah, she's like it's too cold. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to move on to some other questions, but I'm curious, like, what? I don't even know what position did you play in oh, when you played pro ball? I played defensive tackle okay. or defensive line. Um, you know, it was it was one of those in high school. I played offensive line, and I was okay. really good. In fact, that's what I got on my. That's what I got all of my uh, accolades at. I was, you know, offensive tackle, and I did really well. But I was, you know, young and stubborn. No, I want to play defensive line. And so yeah. I kind of narrowed all my college choices down <laughs> by who was recruiting me for D-line. And okay. then, and uh, I don't regret it one bit. Um, I think if I would have I think if I would have played O-line, I'd probably still be in the NFL now because yeah. um, I was pretty athletic as a big guy. But uh, I, don't, I don't regret my decision at all. I played defensive line. I love it. Um, but the cool thing is I know how to play offensive line, so I can kind of coach both. That's cool. So I, I love that you get to take your experience, too. Your wife came into your life, helped save you there mm-hmm. after you got out of playing pro ball. Yeah. Um, but you can take your experience, not only with your EPT, but coaching the high school team and oh, yeah. helping yeah. Help out the skyline, yeah. Helping out with that. I've, I've kind of been around the I've, I've been around the area. I started at Madison, Okay. Um, and I was there for two years. And then I went to uh, Thunder Ridge and helped them. I helped Thunder Ridge in their inaugural season, so I helped them the first year they were open. Oh, cool! And that's when I met Paul Fitzgerald, who I train now. He's a starting defensive end for Utah State. Um, but yeah, then I then I helped out with uh, Thunder Ridge, and then we moved to Boise, and I helped out with Rocky, and then we moved back and uh, helped out with Skyline for a couple of years, and and now I'm just kind of. You know what? I want to help all the kids. Yeah, so. that's cool. I met Paul at that Botify back in maybe la- a couple of years ago. He's yeah. a strong kid. Yeah, now I know yeah. now I know who's working yeah. with. Him. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a hard worker. He's strong. Strong is an understatement for that kid. Man. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be uh, in the back of the gym there, back on the turf, and he'd be training. I'm just like, dang, who's this kid? <laughs> and I went up and chatted with him one day, and he told me he's playing, getting ready to play college ball. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, what hardship do you, taught you the most and what did you learn from it or what did it teach you? Uh, you know what? Um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I lost a son in 2018. So we had a, uh, his name's Owen. We had a, you know, we'd gotten pregnant. Um, everything was great until about our 28 week. No, I think it was 25. It was, our, it was one of those, you know, Week 25, we, we found out that he had a, a heart condition called Epstein's anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the valves in his heart was, was underdeveloped. And so his heart was enlarged, really is what it was. Okay. It took up 75% of his chest cavity, so it didn't allow any other organs to, to develop. Um, but, you know, in that process, in that process, we were going to Salt Lake City every, every weekend for, for uh, um, appointments and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we met some really cool people down the road, but, but, um, you know, the percentage for him living just kept dropping, you know, it was, I think it started pretty high and then it dropped down to 75 and it dropped to 50, then it dropped to 25. Oh, well, and then right before we were getting ready to give birth, it dropped to like less than 1% or something like that. Yeah. Just because they were watching his organs and things like that and seeing how they developed. Um, I think the coolest part was, uh, you know, we gave birth here right at home. We didn't have to go to Salt Lake. We gave birth here um, at the, one of the hospitals here. And then we just got to sit with him and hold him while, while he 
you know, he was alive. Uh, I think it was two hours or something like that. Okay. We just got to sit and hold him. I got to give him a blessing. You know, his grandparents got to see him and stuff like that. And so, um, but that was definitely the hardest. That was the hardest point of me and my wife's life. Yeah. Um, but now coming on the other side, we meet so many people who have, who are, you know, in, trying to endure that same situation. And so I think it was God just prepping us to be able to help these people, you know. Um, but I learned a lot, you know, I learned how to, how to lean on, you know, God, how to lean on my wife, like that, that really, that right there solidified our relationship. You know, one of my biggest fears growing up, as much as we talk about how much I love kids, yeah. one of my biggest fears growing up was to lose a kid. Yeah. And I, and I had to lose one and it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough, but, uh, coming out on the other side of it, um, you know, it's prepared me to help other people who are going through the same thing. So, yeah, I see, uh, I see your mom in you with that, Oh yeah, with that, yeah. um, taking what you've been through and, and seeing how you can help or serve others yeah. or be optimistic about it. We yeah. share the same fear, man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. uh, but you know what, going back to football, um, at the funeral for my son, I was coaching Thunder Ridge at the time. The whole team was there. That's, the whole that's football cool. team. All the coaches. And I'm talking freshman team all the way up to varsity. And uh, it was cool. Like, it's one of those moments where, you know, you got everybody that you love and right there supporting. And so it was cool to have the whole football team there. Have a community and yeah. people around you. Yep. A village, yeah, as you would say, exactly right? Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's a cool experience that... They were there for you. Yeah. You know, uh, I love that you say that you're take, you've are you been through that experience, the hardship of that. That was mm -hmm. the hardest moment of your life. And then the glass is half full. You get to help other people. Mm -hmm. And I always hear the saying, you're best equipped to help the person that you once were or, yeah. or some, help someone with something that you've been yeah. through. So mm -hmm. I love that you're taking that and building connections with people and yeah. helping people understand that they can make it through it and... Oh yeah, maybe strengthen their relationship or solidify yeah. it like you guys did. I'm a firm believer, and he won't give you anything you can't handle. Uh, amen. He won't give you anything you can't handle, so I believe that. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so if you were to look back on your life, how old are you? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. I've done a lot in thirty-two years. You've done a lot in thirty-two <laughs> years. So if you were to look back on your last five years, uh -huh. let's say. Um, are you living your Are you living life today like you thought you would? Like, if you look back five years ago, are you living life like how you thought you no, would? I'm, I'm living. I feel like I'm living life better. Cool. You know, I I think five years ago I was in a, I was in a different mindset. I was more money driven, um, and so now I'm more happiness driven. I'm more family driven. Um, I'm more do what you love to do. Yeah. Um, and, and pay your bills while you're doing it really, you know? Yeah. And so I would, I would give up, I would give up $160,000 paying job to, to be able to train and, and, and do what I love to do, be yeah. around sports, be around training and be around kids. So I feel me personally, I still have the, I still have a paper from, <clears throat> I think it was, it was right when I started at, at my last sales job, um, you know, I sat down and went over and I was like, you know, I want to make this much money and I want to buy this. I want to buy that. And, uh, that's not what it's about. Yeah. I, I learned that really quick. 
It's not about, it's not, my mom always tells me it's not the material things because you can't take them with you. Yeah. And so, uh, that's, I think that was, you know, it's a lesson that I've now learned at, at age 32. She's been telling me that since I was, you know, 18, 19, wanting all the nice phones and all the nice jewelry. And so sometimes it takes a while for it to to sink in. in, Right. My wife's the same way. Like, you know, we're building a, a new house, and she's like, you know I don't need this house. And I'm like, I, I know you don't. And she's like, I'm more than happy where we're, I don't need anything. And I'm like, yeah. I, I know you don't. So I love that you share that. And I think it's, even maybe with social media, you, you see people flashing really fancy cars or, yeah. or even a home or cash or experience, like mm-hmm. maybe this expensive travel, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And people think get this perception especially young when you're being molded by the things that you're yeah. seeing yep. you think that that's what success is um but you know you could you could make $150,000 and be working extraordinary amounts of hours doing something you don't love being away from your family Absolutely. and spending 160,000 on your living expenses or your car or watch or whatever it is that you're Absolutely. trying to have and then you're it's you're not getting anywhere yeah. and you're not fulfilled and or you could have someone that makes you know you you're, you live modestly make 50,000 a year and you spend your day doing what you love mm-hmm. that's wealth to me oh yeah rich, 100% rich. more than someone that's making 160 and and stressed about paying the bills because they're overspending or whatever yeah. it might be if you could wake up in a happy marriage with happy healthy kids I, it doesn't matter what's in my bank account as long as my kids are happy and my my wife is happy, happy and everybody's healthy, and our bills are paid. That's all I need. Happy. That's all I need. Happy. I that's love it. it. I think that's a great lesson for anyone's watching to take away as you're striving to build a business or do something that you love. Yeah. Is focus on your your happiness, not what you can have or what people think you have mm-hmm. or outer perceptions. But are you happy? Is your family happy? Absolutely. I love that. Um, Another question, where do you see yourself in the EPT training five years from now? You know, uh, I um, so there's a, there's a gym in Washington where I grew up. It's called FSP, okay. and he's got, uh, you know, he had the right intentions, and, and now he's got, I would say, the biggest gym in, in uh, the state of Washington. He's got NFL players. He's got college guys. He's got high school guys. Um so really, I would I would love to you know be that that kind of that kind of role model that kind of mentor. I want to be that community figure yeah. that people know. Hey, you know I can trust my kid over with EPT. I know he, not only is he going to get bigger, faster, stronger, but they're also going to become stronger mentally because he's going to things are going to be hard and he's going to push him through those hard things. Yeah. Um, but not only that, he's he's going to be in a good a good healthy strong environment where. He's gonna be uplifted, you know. So I love that. that's really, you know, I want to have my, I want my program, I want my business to be that for for the community kids coming up. I so, see it. Thank you, man. I see that happening, and in any way, myself or anyone watching this can help. Like we'll we'll do our best to help put that, that out there and, and spread the word. Thank you. That's why I wanted you to be one of the first on here. I'm like, we got to get this. Like I I I felt it when I talked to you the first time at the mm-hmm. gym, and I see you with the kids, and I'm like, this needs to be known about. Thank you. So I'm excited to see that happen for you guys. Um, what what's you know we're about to wrap this up, but what mm-hmm. what are you? 
I think we've kind of already talked about this, but I, I want to reiterate it. What are you most proud of? Um, in life, or or a few things you're most proud uh, of. I'm proud, you know, and, and it's it's not being. You know, I'm not talking about anybody else because I understand life happens. But I'm, I'm proud that I have a happy marriage. Yeah. That me and my wife are are uh, happy and it's healthy, and we talk through things. And we we work things out. I'm I'm really proud of my kids. My daughter is very. All of my kids are smart, but my daughter is testing. I mean, outrageously, and she's yeah. only in first grade. She's testing like third grade reading and cool. second grade math. So. I'm proud of her. She's really, she's really, really smart. I'm proud of all my kids. But um, the second thing would be, or the third thing would be that um, I'm, I'm proud that I was able to take this leap of faith. You know, it's not, it's not always in, in starting my business. It's not always, um, you know, rainbows and sunshine when you're, when you're starting a business or when you're starting yeah. something new. And so I was, you know, I was always worried about, you know. The, you know how the the community would receive you know EPT or or, or a trainer or you know what I'm trying to do what my what my end goal is, but uh, I just took that leap of faith and just kind of leaned on on God and and you know it's it's definitely panned out and I know he's not I know he's not done with me yeah and so uh, but I'm proud that I was able to do that you know a lot of a lot of people like you said will will look and see that the grass is greener. But they get a little scared or a little timid because they, you know, they're content. They're happy with the money they're making, or they're happy with the boss that they have, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and so, just being able to take that leap of faith for me, I'm really, I'm really proud that I was able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that too, because more kids are going to be impacted and reached. Thank you by you taking that leap of faith. Um, so, so people are going to be watching this. Maybe some of your kids are going to yeah. be watching this. Some people yeah. want, maybe people want to build a business someday. Yeah. What's a, a piece of advice, like the last thing, like if you could just grab somebody and tell them something super important, what would you tell them? Do it, do it with your heart. Do yeah. it with your heart. So follow, you know, if it's, whether it be, um, you know, starting a business or a boutique or whether it be starting, being a personal trainer. Um, I met a guy at the gym named Ian who asked me, to sit down and interview and it was kind of, it was, there were similar questions but we weren't recording or anything like that but he yeah. you know he had had a, a rough upbringing and now he wants to be a personal trainer and he's asked to shadow me but uh, the the main thing I told him was do it with your heart have the right intentions yeah you know don't don't worry about the money uh, don't worry about what other people think you're always going to have your critics you're always going to have people trying to knock you down yeah but uh just just put your your whole heart into it and and keep pushing forward one step at a time i love that we're we're building our house and on the wall in the court it's going to be the man in the arena quote have you heard that quote before huh. uh, i'll send it to you later okay. i don't have it memorized i should but <laughs> you'll love that quote um so to wrap this up where where do people how do people get a hold of yeah, and EPT. Yeah, if, if you they want, want training or whatever. So uh, on on Instagram, Elite Prodigy Training. Uh, again, I'm Nate Holloway. I'm on Facebook as well. But if you go if you go on Instagram, look for Elite Prodigy Training. Um, you can DM me on there, or or uh, I can I can reach out to you by by phone. However you want to reach out. But uh, yeah, I'd love. I mean, any any athlete in the area. Um, one thing that I learned when I first started. One more thing is. 
you know, I was saying I only want to work with athletes who want to go to college, and yeah, and it's not about that. I want to work with any athlete who's ready to better themselves. Yeah. So any athlete, any 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 of you parents out there, or or even any of you athletes, I'm working with a kid right now who's who's already graduated high school, who's great, he's great, just didn't have the recruitment and all that. Um, I'm trying to get him into playing college basketball right now. Oh, that's cool. Um, but any athlete out there right now who's ready to work on themselves, better themselves, physically, mentally, um, just just hit me up on Lee Prodigy Trading on Instagram. So awesome, and I'll uh, I'll put the I'll put some links in the cool. in the description too, so they can catch you. So cool. And you guys go follow Scotty. <laughs> go follow Scotty Hobbs. Awesome. Thanks. Love the conversation yeah, today, brother. Absolutely. And I'm excited for people to hear kind of your story and Thank what you. you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this incredible episode with Nate Holloway. And we hope that you enjoyed the content that we shared with you today and invite you to send this to some friends. We'll see you next time. And don't forget that your leveled up life is just a few decisions away.